Come on, let's just thank him. Amen. He's so good. So Olivia just said right there, he's so good for each and every one of us. We can all think we're his favorite. We can all think that. And the truth is, it's right. The truth is, it's right. We're all his favorite. I'm his favorite. You're his favorite. We're his favorites. We're his favorites. He's our father. Good, good daddy. Good God. Thank you, Father, tonight. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. You know, if you if you talk about if you spend if you spend a lot of time or people have that I've heard in the past spent a lot of time talking about what heaven is like and what it'll be what it'll be like when we're face to face with God. Um But sometimes what happens is people get so heavenly minded they're not any good on earth. Their presence isn't, any, isn't productive on earth. God wants productive people on the earth. But we ought to be able to talk about heaven and what things will look like in heaven and what that world looks like without becoming so focused on that that we forget to live by faith in God day to day and make a difference and be impacting in, in the things that we do. God wants us to be impacting on this earth. He wants you to live on the earth like you're going to be here forever. That's the way he wants you to live on earth. He wants you to live on earth like you will be here forever, that you, like you will never pass away. That's the way he wants you to live. You start, we start getting off and, well, I'm to this or I'm too old or I'm too whatever and, you're, and all of a sudden inside of you vision stops hope stops faith in God stops and begins to settle down and, and you begin to give up it's the worst state that a human being can be in is give up is to get their mind off of what God is doing in the earth all of heaven's focus all of heaven's focus is on what's happening on the earth all of heaven is backing us up by the person of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Sometimes it's really good to think about. Sometimes it's healthy to think about how God, our Father, as that song said, really thinks about us today. It's good to stop and think about. He's really real. He's not just part of our imagination you know he's really real he's a real father and he really loves you and he really cares about you and he really wants to be a part of everything that goes on in our life but he he will not come here and submit himself to ways in us that are not like him he he, he can't be a part of anything that is not absolutely in line with what he says is so. He can't be a part of that. So 
we're learning individually, we're learning to gravitate toward his way of thinking and doing, and that's what he wants to be a part of in your and my life. He wants you and I to be a part of the way he thinks. And it's just good and healthy sometimes to think about how God thinks about you. It's really good. It's really healthy to think that way. Man. And you, and you go through the Word, and everything you read in the Word that He thinks, that's the way He thinks about you. It's good to think and meditate on that. See Him as your Father and how He really sees you and how much He loves you. Amen? So we're in our series on the Holy Spirit. Um, we've, we've had these breaks, we had, we had a worship night, and there was a break, and then we had our Christmas party, and there was a break, and so we've, uh, we've had some long stretches in this, but I don't see, I don't see any breaks in the horizon now, <laughs> so we're going to go Wednesday to Wednesday, but tonight we're how many remember what we talked about in the last Wednesday night that we taught on the Holy Spirit? Somebody, somebody tell me. What did we talk about? Miracles, right? Talked about the working of miracles. And we're going to finish that up. And at the same time, we're going to start on the gift of the discerning of spirits. They'll go together tonight. So we're going to finish up the working of miracles. So I'm going to give a little bit of a review on that and then talk about it. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about the gift of the discerning of spirits. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about teaching on this. It's vital that we understand the gifts of the spirit and, and what they're really about. And I'm going to say some things to you that I've never said before. I've never said some comments that I'm going to make tonight that I've never said before concerning this teaching. I've taught on this for years and years. And, um, but there's some things I'm going to say tonight that, I've, that have never come out of my mouth. And one of those is this. There's a difference in a miracle And the gift of the workings of miracles. There's a difference in a miracle and the gift of the working of miracles. If something happens, you pray, you're in faith for something, and something happens like maybe a sickness or something that should have... Should have um, in the natural, somebody, let's say, should have died and you prayed and you saw that, that thing happen. But it was a result of your faith, your common faith. Each person's been dealt a measure of faith, as it says in Romans chapter 12. Each person's been dealt the same measure of faith. And you've developed that faith. And so you had faith in the fact that by his stripes you're healed. You prayed for someone to be healed and well in their bodies. And as a result of that, there was a miracle. There was a, 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 a miracle manifestation. The miraculous happened. That is not the gift of the working of miracles. And you say, well, you know, how do you know that? Well, I'm going to share with you what I believe about it. 
and then I want you to allow yourself to go to the Word and the examples that I give you and apply these examples from the Word to what you think a miracle is. See, what, what happens is, this, this, this has happened in many different areas of, of the truth of God's Word. Many people have no understanding of spirit, soul, and body. And so as a result of that, people just think that your life is like thrown into a bag and shaken together and just whatever falls out, falls out. But you are a spirit that has a soul which is a mind, will, and emotions and you live in a physical body or you wouldn't be here tonight. Hmm? You wouldn't be floating around in here in the spirit without your physical body. But your physical body's life comes from your spirit man. Because you are a spirit. You were created in the image of God. God is spirit and we were created in his image like him. So we were created spirit first. Then our bodies. Our soul. So most people have no understanding of spirit, soul, and body. I'm not saying I have you know, the exhaustive revelation on spirit, soul, and body. But I, I know a lot because I spent a lot of time studying it and developing it. Well, with the gifts of the Spirit, a lot of people are very confused. And, and this is when I know that people are confused, when someone has to tell me that they have the gift of wisdom. Well, problem with that is I don't find that gift in the Bible. As a gift. In 1 Corinthians 12, where we're reading right now, there's the gift, there's, there's the gift of the word of wisdom. There's the gift of the word of knowledge. Okay? But not the gift of knowledge. And most people don't have. So many people don't have an understanding of those things, and so they misrepresent what God wants to do. And i just tell you this. The gifts of the Spirit are really simple. God made it simple. We've made it difficult. And so tonight, I'm just going to spend some time looking at, and I, I want to talk about the working of miracles again. And I want to explain what I, what I just said to you about a miracle is one thing, but the gift of the working of miracles is something else. And I'm going to give you three different passages of Scripture to explain that and why it's so important so that you can be involved in operating in the gift of the working of miracles. A lot of people feel intimidated. Why? Well, you know, God would never use me that way. That's just for these kind of people. Well, that's not what the, God, that's not what the Word says. It's for everybody. Amen? So let's look at this, and, and I'm probably going to use this verse. I just came across this verse, and I'm probably going to use it as a foundational verse of Scripture. It's the last chapter of 2 Corinthians, which is the 13th chapter, and it's the last verse. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, last verse of, second, last verse of all of 2 Corinthians. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified, and it says this. The grace which is favor and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the presence and fellowship, the communion and sharing together and participation in the Holy Spirit 
be with you all. The communion, the sharing together, and participation in the Holy Spirit be with you. God wants you and I, I like these words in parentheses here in the Amplified, he wants us to commune with the Holy Ghost. He wants us sharing with, having relationship with the Father through the person of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's not a thing, right? He's a person. And he wants us to participate with him because he wants, us, he wants to help us to accomplish what God wants accomplished in the earth. God doesn't want to use someone else. He wants to use you. Remember, you're his favorite. Say that, I'm his favorite. Each one of us here is favored. He doesn't want to use someone else. He wants you to be in faith in your life. He wants you to be built up on a day-to-day basis so you're ready to operate in the gift of the working of miracles. So, remember those three words. He wants you communing with him, sharing with him, and participating with him. And who did he say that was for? All of us. So we receive it tonight, do we? Remember what I said the last time we read the verse of Scripture in talking about the wine at the wedding feast? And Mary said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Remember, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, you do it because it's the will of the Father. What we're doing in this whole series, however long this is going to take, I mean, we may do this on Wednesday night for a year, I don't know. We're just going to stay with it till we're done. Amen? So many different aspects of this. We'll touch on the working of miracles. We may come back to it again because this is in no way some exhaustive study on the gift of the working of miracles. But we're going to stay with this because we've got to operate on a day-to-day basis in these gifts so that we don't come up short in any area of our life. God does not want you coming up short in anything. Not spiritually, not physically, mentally, financially, socially. He doesn't want you coming up short in anything. And to do that, you've got to believe in Him. You've got to believe He's in you. If you're born again tonight, the Spirit of God is in you, and He wants that working. One of the reasons that we started this series out talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the reason that we prayed for so many people in receiving, either receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit that night or praying for you to see an increase of that because God wants you to not just be filled once but continually filled. See, when something's filled, that means it didn't have enough. So you get filled, but then you release it, so you get, you got to get filled again. The filling should be a constant process from our relationship with Him. We have to know Him. Whatever He tells you to do, you do it, and I mean, the rest is history. So, 1 Corinthians 12, where we read last time, it was our, it was our first foundational scripture. Um, so I'm going to say something to you tonight that I've never said before. I've never taught this saying this. I've heard this before, but I've never said it myself. And it just has become in this last year or so has become greater revelation to me than ever before. But it, but it's found in the first verse of first Corinthians 12. And it says now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. 
How many notice in your Bible, how, how many have a paper Bible with you? <clears throat> you have a paper Bible? Okay. Notice in your paper Bible right there that the word gifts is italicized. So in the literal translation, the word gifts is not there. And something just, I was telling my wife this the other day, I said, you know, it's really struck me why right here lies, I think, the key to why we've had, the, the church has had so much trouble with spiritual gifts. Because in the literal, he never said they were gifts. So what does it say? Now concerning spiritual I don't want you to be ignorant. Concerning spiritual, I don't want you to be ignorant. Last time, we, as we read through here, <clears throat> when we came to verse 7, it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit. I don't want you to be ignorant of spirit, of spiritual things. In other words, I want you to understand the Spirit of God and how to operate in the Spirit of God, I don't want you to be ignorant of those things. And in verse 7 it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom. To another is given the word of knowledge to, uh, through the same Spirit. Another faith by the same Spirit. Now, <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't believe we're we'd be teaching heresy for saying that these are gifts, but that's not what he said. And <clears throat> I think that the church has had this tendency to get off on something being mine. Like my gift of, you know, the word of this or the word of that or my gift of the discerning of spirits or the, the, my, my favorite one is people that tell me that they have the gift of discernment. And, and I think to myself when I hear that, that when you just said that, you just identified where you're at. You don't know him. See, the whole thing is not understanding about the gifts. The, the whole thing is about getting to know him. Everybody say, God is spirit. He said he doesn't want us to be unaware of spirit. The spirit. Father, Son, and spirit are one. You, you can't separate them. Even though they're, they're, they have separate, separate operations, Father is who he is, Son is, and spirit is, but they're one. You can't separate them, and they are spirit, and we were created in their image. We are spirit, so to understand God, you've got to understand spirit. I don't want you to be ignorant of spirit, not ignorant of the gifts and being possessive and actually almost being in pride about the gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. That's not what he was saying. I don't want you to be ignorant of the spirit. I don't want you to spend all of your time and investment in life in the natural things and be ignorant of spiritual things. Well, I'm going to figure it all out in the natural. You're going to have, you're going to have defeat after defeat after defeat and the lack of success over and over and over again when we tap into just natural things and not the spirit. So I'm just telling you from here on out, I've always taught this 
from the gifts perspective. I'm not doing that anymore. It's not about the gifts. It's about the manifestation of the Spirit working on your and my behalf for what? The profit of everybody. So everywhere you go, if the faith that you've been dealt, you're developing on a day-to-day basis, everywhere you go, what you have at your disposal is all nine gifts of the Spirit to be willed as He wants them willed at different times. That's what He's saying right here. This is what we have to get a hold of. So He says, to another faith by the Spirit. Because what is it about? The manifestation of the Spirit. To another, gifts of healings in verse 9, by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles that we're going to talk about right now again. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now what you're going to see in my examples tonight is how many times that you see someone operate in the Spirit, but there were things that went on and we saw where this thing didn't get taken care of. One one, one passage says, for many days. And then he had discernment And he operated in discernment based on what the spirits were doing. What was really behind what was going on and he took authority over it. And we're going to see that in these different passages. So let's look at and just finish up in a few verses of scripture what we were talking about concerning the working of miracles. Look at 2 Kings 2 and verse 19. This is the working of miracles. And I made this statement that, well, I I made a statement, but I want to say it like this. The working of miracles um, has some kind of a work or something happening in the working of miracles. There's something else from the natural that becomes spiritual. Now watch what I'm saying here. Let's look at this. I'm just, just taking a, three or four examples. There's tons of examples throughout the scripture, but I want, I want to show you this. Second Kings chapter 2 and verse 19. Then the men of, men of the city said to Elisha, please notice the situation of this city. The, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water's bad, and the ground is barren. Now watch this. The water's bad. Everybody say the water's bad. Okay? And he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. So there's, there's a, an object in the natural. How many have ever used salt before? Okay. Everybody knows what salt's for. Okay? Now tell me if this is the normal use of salt right here. Then he went to the source of the water and he cast in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water 
From it there shall be no more death or barrenness, because there was all kinds of horrible things. The town was fine, except the people are drinking the water, and they're dying, and all kinds of diseases against their body. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. So here is an example of the working of a miracle with something in the natural, that in the natural, salt is not going to heal water unless God says. Unless God wills it for salt to heal water, right? Empty pots of water are not going to create wine, right? Unless the Lord says. So whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Everybody say, this is the working of a miracle. See, there was some work. See, it wasn't just what we prayed for, and it became a miraculous thing that happened, but there was work involved in this. Salt made water to stop killing people because God said, because God willed that. One example. Next example, New Testament. Look in Acts chapter 5. Talking about the working of miracles. So, before we go on, just stop and think for a second. How would you ever find yourself in a situation like that? Is there anything impossible with God? Okay? Most of us know that because we know what the Word says. The Word says nothing is impossible with God. Okay? Does that mean that, well, that's God's business and God will just have to do that and that won't happen because of someone else? No. Elisha heard from God. A man heard from God and did what God said, and we see it in, if you read in that Second Kings again, God said. It happened because God said, because God willed that in the moment he spoke to a man that could what? Could hear him. How could you ever find yourself in a situation similar to that or something, it doesn't have to be even similar to it, but just something along that line? You can find yourself in a situation like that if you are confident that you can hear from God. I didn't talk about being in pride about hearing from God. I'm talking about being confident. God said I can hear from him, so I can hear from him. I've heard from him before, and this thing worked out. I heard this, and this worked. And if you say, you know what, that's never happened with me, good, then start today. And where does it start? I hear the voice of God, and I do what God says. I hear the voice of God, and I do what God says. That's where it starts. And then you begin to develop that ability to hear, okay? So you're a candidate, if you you are challenged in your life, to hear God. Whatever it takes. You know what? Pastor, I hear what you're saying. But I feel so confused about being able to, good, okay, okay. God knows that, 
And if you will continue to turn toward him, if you'll continue to hear in this series what we're teaching, if you'll continue to take what you hear and do something with it, you'll be, you'll be not only a candidate, but you'll be used in those odd, strange, kind of miraculous ways where God works a miracle through you because you did something that needed to be done. Acts 5 and verse 12. <clears throat> and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders, miracles, in other words, were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Why? Miracles. miracles. Well, I don't know about all those miracles. I'm just about people getting saved. And you're not about this. Because he said... The miracles, the manifestation, remember the gifts that we've called them are the manifestation of the Spirit. The Spirit is not weird because for the Spirit of God to be weird, then God has to be weird because God is Spirit. But the manifestation, a lot of times, is going to be weird to the natural mind. We have to be open to be used by God to do things at times that are strange. Listen, God's got your back covered and your reputation and all that kind of stuff if you'll just do everything he says. Because listen, they became human magnets. People were, by the droves came to them because of the miracles. Well, I don't know about all that miracle stuff. It's because you don't know him. See, and I said this last time, miracles very rarely, sometimes they are, but very rarely, I'd say, I'd say maybe 20% of the time, miracles are spectacular. Most of the time, miracles are not spectacular, but they are supernatural. Amen. Every miracle is a supernatural experience. Every miracle. And the working of miracles, the manifestation of the working of miracles, happen supernaturally. I mean, you know, if CNN would have been there at, at the salt experience, nobody necessarily would have seen Elisha throwing the salt in the water. Hey, but we got a report down here at, you know, Salt City, that they're not dying anymore. Women couldn't get pregnant in this town, but now they are. This thing has happened, and that thing has happened, and now things are changing here. We're not sure why. So, so see, there wasn't, there wasn't this spectacular thing, but it was supernatural, and it changed. See, God's not in it necessarily. You, you, people think, well, God wants all the credit. God's not a pride God. He just doesn't want man to think it's because of him because if man thinks it's because of him, then he won't trust God. 
That's what it's all about. That's why the glory goes to God. It's not like God needs the glory. He doesn't need anybody patting him on the back or any of that kind of thing. But he knows if man takes the glory, it's his destruction. It's got to be because of God. A while back, I, I heard this person giving this testimony, and they made this comment that God checked them about what they were saying. And they, they, someone asked them, you know, how did, you, how did you, did you see that thing manifest in your life? I said, well, man, we believe God for it. And uh, uh, no, 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 he didn't say that. He said, we believe for it. We just, man, we had faith for it. And he said he got home that night, and, and the Holy Spirit said to him, so, so you had faith for it. And, he, and, and the Holy Spirit says, so wh- wh- where do I come in here? And he said, what the Lord said to me was, if you, if you continue there, you'll get in pride, and you'll think it's your faith. And then people might be impressed with you, but are they impressed with God? Now, see, there's a fine line there. You don't want to go into false humility and, well, I can't ever take any credit. No, 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 it's not, not like that. It's just that in that guy's situation, I may have said the same thing and not been convicted about it, but the Holy Spirit knew what it could do in his life. And so he paid attention to it. Can you say amen? Um. Verse 15, so that they brought the sick out into the street and laid them on beds and couches that on at least the shadow, see there are all kinds of miracles and this and that, but at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. So we know this was during the day. Not going to be a lot of shadows at night. Right? So we know this one was during the day. So was there an action to the working of the miracle? A shadow. How many, how many have seen your shadow? How many have seen people healed as a result of your shadow? How many shadows were there that day and no one got healed because of their shadow? But God willed that. There's the shadow, and the shadow, and somebody walked right by it. Poof, they were healed. So what we want to do is make the first church of the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> See? So then we want to build shadows, and we want to have, like, put a figure of Jesus in, in the lobby. So when people walk in, they walk through the shadow of the figure of Jesus. Some crazy thing, because that's, that'll never work. It'll never work. It worked because God willed it, and it'll work for you and I again if God wills that. Whatever he tells us to do, we do it, and it works. Not because we create some kind of goofy idea. God's not goofy, but he's real. And we want the spirit realm to be more real to us than the natural realm is. That's why we're talking about it. Even the shadow. Amen? So, we'll kind of leave that there regarding the working of miracles. I'd encourage you to always go back and listen to these words and the messages that we've been talking about. But I want to end this tonight with talking about the discerning of spirits, just a piece of it. We'll, we'll probably spend next Wednesday the whole rest of uh, that night on the discerning of spirits. But, but I want to just give you a couple things to think about. 
The gift of the discerning of spirits is not the gift of discernment. Okay? And I've never said this before either. It is not the gift of discerning devils. Well, that was a devil. Well, that was a devil. Well, the way you coughed right there was a devil. Well, this was a devil. There's a devil under every... No, it's, it's not the discerning of devils. It's the discerning of spirits. And what are these gifts? They're the manifestation of the spirit. So this is discerning the spirit realm. What it is that you're up against and what you're battling. So if, let's say you own your own business. And you've been having difficulties in your business. You've been, you've been challenged financially. Uh, you, let's say you owned a car dealership and you're not selling any cars. I don't know, whatever, whatever it is, just an example. And you're not selling any cars. And, and, and inside of you, you're just sensing there's something up. There's something up. So thank God when we are able to pray in the Holy Ghost in other tongues, we pray in the Spirit and then we pray with the understanding. When we pray in the understanding, all of a sudden, one day God would say to you, he'd say, you know what? I want you to see what's happening right here. So um, there's somebody that you're connected with and they're doing something in a certain way and, and they're, they're uh, undermining you, but you couldn't see it in the natural realm, but it's happening. And all of a sudden, God opens up to you, not, not opening up to you the person, but the spirit that the person is operating in. And revealing to you that there's something wrong. So in the spirit realm, you realize there's an attack against your business. Now, why would he reveal that to you? So you can take authority over the spirit. It doesn't mean that in the discerning of spirits that you won't see and understand that there are demonic spirits working against you. Absolutely. But it's not about a devil under every rock. Did you hear what I said? It's about understanding what the real problem is based on what it is that you're up against. And a lot of times, it takes time to tap into that. So, the best definition I can come up with, with for discerning of spirits is to discern in the spirit realm is to see and behold into that realm, into the spirit realm. To discern is to see and behold into the spirit realm. In other words, God wants you to know what's really going on, what you're really up against. Now, a lot of people that would hear teaching like this, that have never heard teaching like this, in their minds, they're going to doubt whether there really is a spirit realm like that. And, and, and a lot of what we have to base that on is Hollywood, you know, like, um, you know, the battle between Luke and Darth. You know, head to head, and it looks like Darth's going to overtake him, and, the, you know, the, 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 the black is going to overcome, I mean, the dark is going to overcome the good, and, and those kind of things. That's not the battle we have. See, the devil's already defeated. 
But he's banking on the fact that Christians won't grow up and understand they stay ignorant of spiritual. If we stay ignorant of the spiritual, then we're trying to work it all out in the natural and we find ourselves with our tail between our legs over and over and over and over again, beat and defeated and frustrated and not feeling like we understand how to get on top. Because the only way to the top is through the one who is on top. He's spirit. We were created spirit, but we got to learn and develop how to be aware of spirit. Can you say amen to that? That's what he's teaching us. That's why we're teaching this. That's why we're talking about this. What I, what I want is for you to be stirred up on the inside with the awareness of the person of the Holy Spirit in your life every minute of every day. I want you to come to a place where you don't make a decision without going to him. You say, well, Pastor, you mean like if I'm driving down the road, i got to ask him if I should turn left or turn right? No, 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 come on. I'm talking about decisions in life that you don't know. There are certain things you know. And yet, and yet, would the Holy Spirit reveal to you if you were driving the same way to work that you drive every morning and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, go left. Don't go that way. And you go left and you go around this way and all of a sudden you hear on the news that a bomb went off right where you were going to be. One morning, I was going to meet my pastor in, uh, where was I going? Burnett. At the time he lived in Austin and, I, and we were going to meet in Burnett. And uh, so I get up that morning to go to Burnett and I just get this thing. Something's not right. There's just something not right. As I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, the Lord said, don't leave yet. Yeah, but I'm going to be late. See, your natural mind goes, yeah, but I don't want to be late for my pastor. I mean, I don't want to show up late for him, you know. But I couldn't, I couldn't get it settled. I couldn't leave. So I called him. I said, you know what? I don't know what the deal is, but I can't leave yet. Something. And so I didn't. And so about 15 minutes later, I get a release, and I leave. And I drive that way. And about, there's a, there's a mile sign. If you, go, if you go on 281 and you go through Marble Falls, there's a mile sign that says uh, Burnett, nine miles. And when I came to that nine-mile sign, there was a line of cars. I couldn't see the end of it. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. So I have to call Pastor John and tell him, you know what, there's a big long line. So I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit began to say, this is why I told you not to leave. And I get closer and finally the traffic's moving and I get closer and I get closer. And there's an accident between a semi and two other vehicles. And the other two vehicles, I couldn't even tell what the vehicle was. They were so mangled and meshed. And you say, you know, and I've heard people ask me, I've told this story many times, I've heard people come and say, well, you know, why didn't God tell those people? What's the answer to that? They didn't listen. No, no, he, talk, he talks, see, we're all his favorite. See, he doesn't he didn't love me. I'm not any more favorite than you or anybody else. That morning, I'm telling you, God told me don't leave. Fifteen minutes later, he said leave. 
He spoke to me, I heard. Spoke to those people, they didn't. Does that mean I'm better, I'm this, I'm, no, no, none of those. I'm just telling you that's what happened. That was God. Saved my life. Is it life and death to hear God? Absolutely it is. But we choose life because we choose to do everything he tells us to do. I hear God and I do what he says. You hear God and you do what he says. You learn every day. Thank God for the grace of God. Do not take a story like that and think, oh my God, if I don't hear from him, then I'm going to die. No, no, no. (laughs) You'd already be dead if it wasn't for the grace of God. But for the grace of God, amen, all what, what God's looking for is just people that are willing to move toward him. Admit, you know what? I've not developed my ability to hear. I've used that as an excuse, and tried, so I try to figure things out of myself, and, and, and it doesn't work. He doesn't want it that way, amen? He doesn't want you and I living and existing like that. So, it's the ability to see into the spirit realm and really know what's actually going on. Amen? So I want to read just a couple of examples, two or three examples real quickly, and then we'll be done. And we'll get into the discerning of spirits more next week. But I want you to see these examples. Exodus 33 and verse 19. Old Testament, Exodus 33. <clears throat> and verse 19. Well, back up to verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, so it will be while my glory passes by, remember God is spirit, so he's talking about seeing into the spirit, that I will put you in the cliff of the rock. Now, listen to me. <clears throat> Where is Moses at? He's in the earth. God's talking to Moses, right? But everybody say, God is spirit. Okay, he's in the natural, God is spirit. So what he's preparing him for is to see into, to have discernment is to see into the spirit realm. So he's preparing him to see into the spirit realm and before the blood of Jesus, uh, seeing his face would destroy him. So he says, look at these last two verses. So it shall be, verse 22, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cliff of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Remember, this is all spiritual. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see. Everybody say see. You shall see my back, but my face shall not, shall not be seen. But you shall see into the spirit realm. This Old Testament example of being able to see from the natural into the spirit has to do with the manifestation, the manifestation of the spirit regarding the discerning of the spirit realm, of the spirits in the spirit realm. God wants you to understand. Listen to me. 
You and I don't realize like we need to realize and understand how much of our victory and defeat has to do with the, having the discernment and the understanding of what's really going on in the spirit realm that's working against us. Because there's a spirit realm out there that's working for you and there's demonic spirits that are working against you and God wants you to be able to see the difference. And next week, we're going to talk about what those two different realms look like. Another example, New Testament, Acts 13. Almost done. <clears throat> Acts 13. And verse 4. And so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to wherever that was, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was who was with the proconsul Sergius Pallas, an intelligent man. This man, called, this man called for Barabbas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas the sorcerer, this is the same guy who he's just talking about right here, just a, a different name, withstood them seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, and he said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time, and immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by his hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. In this situation right here, there was the working of miracles where this guy became blind for a season. And Paul discerned in himself that this was a false demon. It was a, he, he, he had a false spirit. He appeared to be a prophet, but he was a false prophet. He was a sorcerer, and he was leading people astray. And his word, because he saw into the spirit realm, remember it said he was full of the spirit, he saw into the spirit realm, and he shut that thing down. God gives us authority to shut things down when we see into the spirit realm and we know what's really going on. That's what it's for. Not to bring attention to us and our little gift or something like that. Bring attention to how great God is because of the authority that we have in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. 16th chapter. Just turn over there real quickly. I'm almost done. These are just examples of the manifestation of the discerning of spirits. 16th chapter and the 16th verse. Now it happened as they went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us 
who brought her masters much profit for fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, watch this, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. So here's a devil, here's a devil making the men of God look good. Mm. And this she did for how often? For many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, but she had been doing this for many days. Why didn't Paul shut her down the first time he saw her? Because God didn't will that. He had to see into the spirit realm what was really going on. A lot of times we think we know things. If you don't, if you try to operate in the realm of the spirit against demonic spirits, and you've not connected with the Holy Ghost on this thing, and you're thinking just because something seems to not be right that you're going to have authority over that thing, Jesus, those devils know, and Paul, he knows. But who are you? And ugly things try to get back on you. That's what the scripture says. But many days to the point he was so irritated. But then he says this. This she did for many days, verse 18. But Paul greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit. Notice, it wasn't to the woman, it was to the spirit. Remember, this isn't about hammering people. It's about getting to the root of the problem. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he, and he came out of her. The Spirit came out of her that very hour. And her bosses lost money from that day. Amen? And that got people's attention. And people got saved. Every, every, every time there was the manifestation of the working of miracles, any gift of the Spirit in operation, people came to the Lord. That's why each and every one of us have the opportunity for God to will these operations in and through our lives at His will. That means at will. Be ready in season and out. Can you say amen? And I'll end with this one. Same chapter, I mean same book, Acts 27, and I'll end with this. 27 and 9. Paul's a prisoner now. They're taking him to Rome. And uh, in verse 9 he says, <clears throat> well, he had warned them not to go. Uh, earlier in this, in this chapter here, he warned them not to go, that some really bad things would happen. They didn't heed his warning. Verse 9, now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, men... I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. They didn't heed what he said, and down to verse, uh, look at verse 21, and it says, But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me, <laughs> and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you. This is after a long period of time. It says after long abstinence, Paul, full of the Holy Ghost, heard from God concerning this. He said, now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. 
For there, for there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, angel of the Lord, what do angels do? They speak what Father says, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. He said, God told me that. I have discernment now what's going on. We're going to be fine. But had you listened to me, nobody would have died. And there'd been no destruction, but they didn't listen. So here, he was operating in the discernment of the spirit realm, knowing what was going on, and it was advantageous to everybody had they listened. So many times, people don't listen. You and I have got to become people that no matter what, I'm going to learn to listen and then I'm going to do everything he tells me to do because everything he tells you to do will produce what he said it would produce. Every single one of us. Can you say amen tonight? I, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about this becoming real inside of each and every one of you. I'm passionate about you and I becoming more aware of spiritual and the things of the spirit and the spirit realm than what we ever have been before. The spirit realm is not weird. It's not goofy. It's not, you know, like the twilight zone, like some people want to make it out to be. But it is God. He's spirit. We were created in his image, so we're spirit. Amen? And we've got to understand the spirit realm so we don't find ourselves being spirit beings operating in a natural world by natural workings. No. We're going to live and operate by the Spirit and be the success God created you and I to be. Before the foundation of the world, He had a plan for your life. And to tap that plan today, you have to know how to hear and then do.